This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to talk about how sex is a proxy for connection, but that does not mean that you can use that idea as a trump card um, to ignore what's uh, your issue with possibly over wanting connection. <laughs> so we, we will get to what I mean by that just as soon as I tell you to subscribe. Most recent subscriber episode was sulking when you don't get laid is as wrong as sulking when your kids don't listen. And uh, that is true, and we discuss it in depth, and it's a real good one to listen to together if that's been a problem of the higher libido partner. Usually the guy, not always, sulking when they don't get laid. Okay, um, so let's get into this. So, all right, I've explained to you guys ad nauseum that sex is a proxy variable for connection and that guys don't just want to, you know, get off. If they did, they would just masturbate and... um, most guys, that is, avoidant guys, you know, often can use sex for just sex. And I talk about that in my podcast on sex drive and physical tough touch love language are not the same. But for the majority of healthy guys that are not really avoidant, then sex is how they connect and how they express love, makes them feel closer, and it makes them feel more connected. But who brings this to an extreme? A preoccupied attachment guy, right? That guy is obsessed with the relationship. So now, and obsessed with sex. He's obsessed with everything that has to do with his reassurance seeking vis-a-vis this relationship. It's not the woman. Remember that. I hope that I've made that very clear in all my stuff. That's why women don't respect preoccupied attachment guys. And I have a post on the uh, podcast on that exact topic. And there are two reasons. One, because they're not doing anything else with all that time that they're obsessing about the relationship. And two, it's not about the woman. It's li- they know it's not. They know it's literally about anybody you would be with. And it probably was with other women before. And if not, it would be with other women now if she, like, you know, died or left you or something. Because it's about reassurance seeking. The only kind of person that you could feel really wants to be with you is a confident person. Because that's a person that makes choices. That's not a person who thinks, shit, I better hold on to anybody who likes me because I think I'm so terrible. And if, if I can somehow convince somebody to like me, then I better be hypervigilant about it and not let them out of my sight because at any moment they could realize that I'm a piece of shit, you know, and leave. So that's not about the person. So if, if you're like a woman married to a preoccupied attachment man and it's like super smothering and you haven't really known what to say because he's like, what? I just love you. Don't you love me? You're the fucked up one. You may well be the avoidant one, probably are. Preoccupied goes with avoidant, but the point is what he's doing isn't about you, and that's what you're picking up on. It's just literally his self-frame as I'm somebody who doesn't get love. I must try to pursue love at all costs in any way that I can. So what I've seen happen a little bit in, in some guys is that when they realize that, or I mean, they've always realized that they feel closer after sex, right? That's not news, but when they realize that that's like a 
thing that I talk about or like, yes, sex is how I express love. Then, unfortunately, some of them badger their wives with that. They're like, oh, well, I want sex and sex means love. I want to connect. So therefore, we got to do it because it's not just about sex. It's not just about getting off. So I'm going to basically change the frame and I'm going to say it's about connection. And then that's supposed to be the trump card because we're supposed to be connected constantly. But you're not supposed to be connected constantly. So we have to go back to the basics of attachment theory, right? A healthy baby is parented by a parent who gives them a secure base from which to explore. So that means a secure base is is the mother cuddling and giving comfort when the baby needs it. But from that, the baby also is allowed to explore. The baby isn't always with the mother. And when mothers try to carry the baby around constantly, that's intrusive parenting and can lead to avoidant attachment. That's the other way to make avoidant attachment. One way is ignoring the kid's needs for comfort, and the other way is pretty much also ignoring the kid's uh, needs for comfort, because it's not about comfort, but just like being all up in their face, like all the time, makes them want to get away from you, like no shit, right? So point being that if the guy now says that he wants to be connected romantically, and this is a positive, and then everything turns into that, So let's say he's like, okay, fine, we don't have to have sex twice a week, but we have to talk about the relationship twice a week. No, you don't. You don't have to talk about the relationship twice a week. Even a relationship that's in distress, couples counseling is once a week, you know? So you don't have to talk about the relationship. And certainly that's a low ball for a lot of people that I see where uh, the preoccupied attachment partner is initiating discussions about the relationship constantly, just constantly. Not a day almost goes by. In front of kids, not in front of kids, late at night, early in the morning, whatever. Text, not text, is verbal, it doesn't matter. It's always there. It's a, it's a huge component, sucks the air up in the room. So from that perspective, right, you cannot bludgeon somebody to death with your desire to talk about a relationship, even if you're saying that that makes you feel connected. You also cannot bludgeon them to death with your desire for sex just because now you say that sex means connection. You know, you can't really bludgeon anybody to death with any sort of topic or any sort of need, right? So we see this a lot with the Excel spreadsheet stuff. You know, the guys that are like tracking how often they have sex. Like, what are you using it for? You're not using it to like go through the greatest hits. You're going to use it as evidence to your wife that she's wrong, you know, and that she's bad. So what if she followed you around and like started recording stuff that you said? I'm playing it back to you and being like, oh, yeah, that's when you didn't sound uh, very sensitive. You would really not like that, right? Really not. So the Excel spreadsheet thing is a, is a form of that. You're like recording somebody with the, if that they don't want you to record, you know, that they're not thinking you're doing it for that. And then you're going to use that against them later on. There was this big thing many years ago that was all over social media with this guy that had this huge Excel spreadsheet. But now with the days of the fitness trackers, there there was a book I read recently that I've recommended to a lot of people. Um, It's uh, by Nathan Hill. It's called Wellness, and it's a novel about marriage, and I highly recommend it. Uh, But the guy used a sex tracker. And so... And and since I've read it, I've heard of other people doing that. And before I read it, I heard of people doing that. But it's getting more and more prevalent because everybody tracks all their data all the time obsessively, which is certainly not great. But, you know, plenty of people want to, like, hack their life and whatever. That's cool. But if you're trying to hack your 
sex life, there's another human being involved, right? And so eventually you're going to use that data to beat them over the head with the idea that they're not doing it enough. And that is not going to work, except very short term, possibly to get you laid another time because they just want to get out of the conversation. And then it kind of moves into the idea of the uh, marital coercion. Of course, saying that you're not happy with your sex life, as I've said over and over, is not marital coercion. I have a whole podcast about what is and isn't, so you should look that up. But when you bludgeon somebody with data and guilt trip them and create basically a PowerPoint about why they suck as a sexual partner, that, that's, that's coercive. Like, that's not cool. So the point is here, yes, sex is, is, is a form of connection. Date nights are also a form of connection. If your wife wanted three date nights a week, You'd be like, what are you, crazy? How are we going to do that? You know, like, you know the amount of money that that would be? Do you know the amount of time that that would be? That would not seem reasonable to you. You know, and for somebody that's exhausted with multiple small kids, sex three times a week may not seem reasonable to them. And it especially is not going to go over if you say that it's not about sex at all, but about connection. So therefore, they're not just disappointing you in the sexual realm, but in the emotional realm as well. So... At this point, you may say, but what about if I really don't feel close? Great, you don't feel close. Go to couples counseling. Try to work, or go to individual counseling. Work on your own part of it. Read my thing about six ways for men to work on preoccupied attachment. That would be a good place to start. The, the, the thing that a lot of guys are missing is that when guys are busy and active and happy, then they don't actually think that much about how many times they had sex this week. You know, they don't think about if it was two or three or one. Yes, they always know the number because they're guys. Mostly they know the number if they're normal, higher libido guys, but they don't obsess about it. So the point is, is something is deeply wrong if this has become the, the focus, the, the centerpiece of your entire life. And you know what else is wrong? If the marriage is the centerpiece of your entire life, that's also wrong, you know? And, and that is true, you know? It's just like how the man doesn't want uh, the children to be the entire reason that the woman does every single thing she does and obsesses about it. Well, that's how she feels about her preoccupied attachment husband and the marriage. So, and often she becomes even more child-centered in opposition to what she, you know, to counterbalance what she perceives as his extreme self-centeredness and self-indulgence by consistently focusing on only the sexual and romantic connection versus the kids. So it actually drives her to be more child-centered to make up for what she perceives as him not being child-centered enough. Now, of course, women think about the kids all the time, the way that men think about sex all the time in the back burner, the back of their mind, and sometimes in the front of their mind when they're doing something. But if a woman like was not able to work because she was so obsessed about her kids, if I wasn't able to get through a session paying attention to my clients because I was so into thinking about what my children were doing at school, that would be a problem, right? That would be an obsession. Even though it's totally normal for me to prioritize the children, right? In, in any way that I would have to pick, right? So, so if, if my child had a play, I wouldn't book a client. Oh, no kidding. I'm going to the play, right? But so, so that's a choice point. But if I were unable to engage in normal life activities because I was so obsessed with thinking about the children and how to optimize my relationship with the children and whether the children are, are happy or not happy or this or that, then that would be what many men may recognize in my description as extreme child-related anxiety. And I have posts about that, about how to deal with your, it's literally how to deal with your partner's child-related anxiety. Um, and 
five reasons moms can't recognize their anxiety. I think that's another post. So that, you don't want to be that, but for the relationship as a man. You don't want to be the guy that's sitting there at a work meeting thinking about whether he's going to have sex uh, three times this week or two times this week. It's just like not, if you should get another job then. You should think deeply about if this career is right for you. You know, I'm not saying you can't daydream. Of course you can daydream. But I talked to some people that are obsessed. You know, they're obsessed. They think about this all the time. They think about it more than the kids. They think about it more than anything. And they think about it more than they think about their own self-actualization as well. And it's uh, always, there's the example about why does it work for preoccupied attachment men, not avoidant men, who are the majority of, of insecurely attached men, but preoccupied attachment men, why does it work for them to go to the gym? Why is their wife happier? It's not anything related to their body. It's because they're finally doing something that doesn't involve her and mooning around her and thinking about her. So it makes her respect them more. And also he's literally out of the house. Thank God, right? Because he's always around. And whenever he's around, he could start a damn conversation about the relationship at any moment. You know, and, and that is how it feels to the partner of somebody who is obsessed with the relationship. So the point here is the TLDR is that sex is a proxy for connection for sure. And I have a million podcasts on how and the title sex is not about sex because it's not. But if you're obsessed with the emotional connection piece, that's also not good. You know, so first of all, you can't say, oh, yeah, I have to have sex every day because guess what? It's emotional connection. That's the only way I do emotional connection. That's like cheating. That's like bullshit. You know, that's like lying because um, people can get emotional connection in myriad ways. But second of all, it's it's like there there shouldn't be like like uh, an hour of extensive emotional connection every day anyway in like the life of a, of a busy couple. How? Like how would that even work? Sure, date night. I love the idea of date night. I, pr- I promulgate that, you know, constantly. But the idea of that there constantly has to be a focus on the relationship That does not allow any partner to focus on other things. The relationship cannot be the only thing. That's why couples counseling is so good because I can say, okay, can you guys not talk about this till next time? And sometimes people can, and it's a wonderful skill. They learn, oh my God, we talked about it on Thursday. We're not going to talk about it till next Thursday. We could do that? Holy shit, imagine. It's like the world opens up. Imagine all the things we could do if we didn't have to talk about this relationship three hours a day. You know, and so if you are caught in a dynamic like that, it could be very, very useful to get into counseling. Or, and or, of course you should get into counseling, but you know, if you can't, read up all my stuff on attachment. I really try to understand that you got to work on you, 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 you. You got to figure out what in your family of origin made you so hypervigilant about a loved one leaving you or, or withdrawing love or withdrawing attention. That's very, very key. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this and I will talk to y'all soon. Please subscribe. Bye, guys.